This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Demcast family of podcasts. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Today, a concert fundraiser for the Georgia Senate runoff. Olympia Indivisible co-founder and musician Lisa Ornstein is putting on an evening of old-time roots music to raise money for Black Voters Matter in Georgia. She joins us to tell us about the event and about the music. And we have a special treat. Musician and event MC Cameron DeWitt is on hand for a live musical performance. It is a lot of fun, and it is all ahead. So while many of us, we know we are wondering what to do in uh, the Georgia Senate runoff, uh, one of the things that we know for absolute sure is that organizations on the ground need money. So with that in mind, Olympia Indivisible is sponsoring a Facebook live stream concert to benefit Black Voters Matters Can't Stop, Won't Stop campaign. It is called appropriately enough Georgia On My Mind. And the concert is going to be Sunday, December 6th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. It is going to feature an incredible lineup of roots-based music. And this is the brainchild of our friend Lee. Lisa Ornstein, who is co-founder of Olympia Indivisible, and she is a musician herself, which we will talk about. We are also joined by Cameron DeWitt, who will be emceeing the event. Cameron is also a musician, and he is host of the Roots Music Podcast, Get Up in the Cool. And welcome to you both. It is so great to see you both and to talk about this exciting concert. Hi, Steven. Thanks for having us. Well, Lisa, let's start with you. So just, you know, brass tacks, where did the idea for this concert come from? Well, I was really inspired um, by listening to Wanda Mosley, who is the senior uh, state organizer for Georgia of Black Voters Matter. And uh, it was on a webinar uh, called Georgia 101 that was sponsored by Stacey Abrams' Fair Fight. And Wanda Mosley spoke to the, the issue of, like, if you really wanted to be helping the Georgia Senate runoff that one of the best ways to do this would be to be helping out uh, with financial sponsorship, the groups that are on the ground there who can best do that work of reaching out to voters in Georgia. And uh, especially at a time when uh, Georgia voters are weary of uh, this relentless barrage of out-of-state phone calls and text messages and letters and postcards, you name it. And uh, they really want to hear from people they know and trust, and this is particularly so among Black Georgia voters. So I thought, okay, let's raise some money. And since I'm a musician, I thought, okay, let's do a concert. Well, I love that idea, um, and I, I, I want to talk about the concert in just a second and some of the musicians that you have lined up and the kind of music that you're going to be playing. But first, tell us a little bit about Black Voters Matter and uh, for people who may not be familiar, the work that they do and why you chose them specifically. So Black Voters Matter is a nationwide organization, and their uh, goal is uh, to empower marginalized, predominantly black communities. And in the forefront of that is voting because effective voting allows the community to determine uh, their destiny. And so uh, Black Voters Matter does a lot of GOTV work. They do voter registration. They also do policy advocacy to um, fight against voter suppression and increase enfranchisement. And they also do um, on-the-ground work outside of their urban 
um, more well-funded areas to build infrastructure in communities, in Black communities, um, including staff training and candidate development and networking. You know, they're a great organization and they have a campaign right now called Can't Stop, Won't Stop. And that campaign is uh, working in Georgia ahead of the Senate runoff. And they have what they call the blackest bus in America. And they are barnstorming across Georgia, particularly in rural areas that would not necessarily be getting as much attention. And they're doing community events, um, including stuff like, uh, you know, turkey giveaways and, you know, stuff that is going to resonate with the community, but gives them an opportunity to inform and engage the voters about the upcoming election and to encourage them to use their power at the polls once again. Well, it sounds like such a great way to, uh, you know, to they're obviously going to be using the money uh, for a, a very, very good cause. And so, as I said, we're going to talk about why you chose to do the concert. Um, not everybody knows that you are a musician. So tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, first of all, what instrument do you play? Uh, I play fiddle, just like a violin, only more fun. That's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> is there, a, okay, so this is a dumb question. Is there a fundamental difference between a fiddle and a violin? No, it's the same instrument, but it's about how the music gets passed around, who plays it, what context they play it in. Those are different. So um, in my family, um, I had a mother who played Renaissance music. She played harpsichord. And so I grew up with small ensemble music where back in the Renaissance you know, you didn't, you weren't a technician. You were like, you have this little bare bones and you knew how to interpret it. And there was a lot of laughter in my household with small ensembles of people playing weird instruments. Um, that's what I thought music was. When I started to play violin when I was nine years old, I really chafed against the very hierarchical and very highly regimented world of classical music. Um, it just didn't work for me. And very fortunately, I sort of stumbled into uh, traditional music uh, when I was about 13. Um, I was in Ohio, and so it was old-time music was what I was exposed to first. Music from Appalachia, we're right next to West Virginia. And there was a crew of folks about 10 years older than me who took me under their wing, took me out to festivals, took me out visiting with elders. Um, and so I was hooked. Well, I, I love this, and so it's a logical extension then, given your background, uh, that you would do a concert based uh, in this old-time roots music. And so with that, let's bring Cameron into the discussion. Um, Cameron, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what roots-based old-time music is. Um, Lisa mentions that it comes from Appalachia. What else should we know about it? Well, Stephen, I hope you like your questions answered with more questions, please, uh, because this is a can of, this is a can of worms okay. and this is a, a fraught discussion worth having. Um, but when we talk about roots to bass music, it's, uh, you know, you're talking about an appeal to authenticity, maybe even an appeal to purity. Uh, and you know, that's like a tricky road, uh, to, to go down. Um, I think talking about food is often a great way to talk about, uh, music because uh, ethnic foodways and uh, folk music, there's a lot of similarities. They so, also like, happen to be two of my favorite subjects. So please, you get me hooked. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. <laughs> me too. So, you've ever have you ever heard someone like say ethnic food and you get sort of a cringe because you're like, 
what do you what do you mean when you say that? You right. know, are you do, a lot of people use that as a as a way to you know a coded way to say immigrant food um, or mm. non often non white food mm. uh, food ways. Um, but you know, uh, all it really means is food that comes out of an ethnic identity. For instance, we just a lot many of us just ate some form of a reduced hopefully uh thanksgiving dinner i would say that that is like an an uh, a usa you know ethnic food that a lot of people participate in it's part of our ethnic identity is that we prepare these foods this way um and where it gets a little tricky is when you're talking about uh you know one could make an argument that a Doritos Locos taco from Taco Bell is ethnic food, but I think it would be a very difficult <laughs> argument to make. Yep. Be, because um, you're talking about the influence of corporations and you're talking about a lot of top-down influence uh, that, that's happening. Um, that being said, a lot of people, for thanks, it's not Thanksgiving dinner unless they have canned green beans, probably from a specific brand, with uh, those, like, the French's brand, like, fried onions that are in that can, too. And so it's like, you know, the the lines get really blurred when you're talking about uh, these appeals to authenticity and purity and cultural, you know. And what it seems like you're also driving at is there's a lot of blurriness between what it means to be American, Right. What some what you ascribe to as American and and we think of old time music as being and and certainly Appalachian music as being very American. But what you're saying is there's a lot of blurry areas there. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I whenever we talk about what folk music is or isn't, I think uh, any gatekeeping that happens, it's got to happen with a great deal of humility. And I think that these artists that we're featuring in uh in this wonderful concert that I cannot wait for. Uh, we were just doing a sound check for it the other day. And I kept almost, <laughs> I was tempted to just say like, Oh, you know, this level doesn't sound right. This, cause I just wanted to listen to them play for longer. Uh, but you know, we all had places to be. So <laughs> well, tell us about some of these artists because it's a, it, it's a, from what Lisa has told me, these are some internationally known artists who play this kind of music. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and I think they, in, in some cases, really embody this this question of what roots music is. Um, uh, f- for instance, um, Dante and Eros Falk, uh, Olympia, Washington locals, they play wonderful, um, diff- different uh, ethnic traditions of fiddle music, fiddle and, and, and cello music together. They play, they draw from a lot of different styles. When I first saw them play years ago, they were playing a Métis, like medley, like, um, uh, C- Canadian indigenous, um, and Scottish and French, like mixed music. Um, and they played it wonderfully, but they also played it in a way where they weren't trying to pretend that they had never listened to, Radiohead before, <laughs> you know gotcha. what I mean? Like yeah. they they were having fun with it. They were doing some interesting rhythms. They were reharmonizing the tunes, and they were um, they weren't trying to they weren't trying to pretend that like that that this music is static and is only palatable in some sort of original form. I and, love that. Uh, so you're basically saying it's a living art form. 
and and that, it, that you, we we bring our interpretations to it as as it's you know progresses through the centuries. Absolutely, and there there is certainly you know room for discussing where it should go, and that's a thing that we all consent on together. Uh, Jake Blunt is also a great example of this. Uh, Jake Blunt is uh, a black queer. Uh, old-time string band musician, um, and he's very purposefully um, reframing uh, some of these old-time tunes in queer narratives, which I think is the only reason that some of those may be uh, obscured or non-existent in the tradition or in the canon is because people have wanted to obscure... (laughs) Uh, black voices and queer voices mm-hmm. um, tr- historically. And so he, he does a lot of work to look for that old music um, and to uh, and to bring it out uh, so that people have to yeah. so that people can enjoy it and have to confront it. Um, and I'm just obsessed with what he does musically yeah. um, but, <laughs> for, for those reasons. And he also doesn't try to, you know, pretend like uh, that music is only valuable in in some sort of, you know, if it's if it's played from a wax cylinder or played the exact same right. way. He loves B fifty twos. He loves nine inch nails and these things. He has a lot of agency and choice about what comes through, but you can hear that stuff come through when he plays. And you know, he's. He's large. He contains multitudes, if you will. Um, you, yeah. You've got me kind of hooked here, so I think maybe now would be a good time for you to play us a song. I know that you're you're set up to do that, and I will let people know that uh, this is a first on uh, the Washington State Indivisible podcast. I'm very excited because, as, as many of you know who watch the show, uh, my beat in public radio used to be arts and culture, and uh, we have yet to have on this podcast a live musical performance, and so it is with great pleasure that I introduce Cameron DeWitt. Take it away. Great. I will play uh, I will play a tune as long as you let me very briefly afterwards gush a little bit about the Sassafras sisters and Bruce Molsky, who will also be featured. It is a deal, my friend. Okay, great. So uh, I got here uh, a tackhead banjo. Um, it's uh, fretless. Uh, it is uh, tuned pretty low. It's got some nylon strings. Um People have called this a minstrel banjo in the past. I think the jury is currently out about to what extent that is appropriate to refer to it that way. But for those of you who that would be helpful, a helpful description, that is what I'm playing. Um, so I was thinking I, I'm going to play a couple tunes for Georgia on our minds in between the acts uh, uh, because I've been asked to. And I... I thought it might be nice to play a few traditional Georgia tunes. So I'm going to play uh, two tunes in a quick medley. Uh, they're going to be um, Old Bowback from Arthur Young and Hell Broke Loose in Georgia from uh, the Skillet Liquors. And uh, I, I like to think that uh, after the votes are counted, um, certain politicians and 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 certain of you know constituents of them may feel that hell has broken loose because the blackest bus in America has uh, made its rounds. Here, here. <laughs> okay, so here's old Bowback and hell broke loose in Georgia.
Cameron DeWitt, everybody, uh, doing a medley of songs by Arthur Young and the Skillet Lickers. Uh, a, a few things that I want to uh, ask about that before you uh, tell us about our other two artists that are going to be on the on the dais that you want to talk about. Um, first of all, what a deep, rich sound from that instrument. I don't believe I've ever heard a banjo tuned that way before, and I don't believe I've, uh, to my knowledge, ever heard a fretless banjo played before. Uh, it really mm. gives kind of a live, uh, there, there's sort of an aliveness to the intonation to what you're doing, so I have to ask you how long did it take you to uh to, to be able to play the instrument like that well i've had this one since uh i think may is one uh, when one of the listeners of my podcast get up in the cool gifted me this because oh, he wow. uh was not using it and he was was under the impression that I might have some fun with it, and he was correct. <laughs> I'm having so much fun with it. <laughs> so actually, before and then one other thing before we uh, talk about the, the the other two artists that you wanted to get to, tell us about your podcast. Tell us about uh, Get Up in the Cool. So I started Get Up in the Cool uh, uh, about four years ago and some change, and it was just a pretense to invite myself over to people's festivals and people's homes and uh, drink, drink their beer and eat their snacks and learn their tunes and enjoy their company. And Sounds like it's working great, man. It worked marvelously. <laughs> I, have, I have pulled this trick on uh, over 220 guests at this point, and I plan to keep doing it until people tell me to stop because I'm having such a blast. And... Uh, and part, another reason that developed as I, uh, you know, went through, uh, kept pursuing this pretense, uh, is I was trying to figure out what, what old time music is. And because like, as we've discussed already, it is hard to talk about and hard to define. Um, there is no set theory for talking about old time music, old time music and not old time music. It is blurry and i wanted to ask as many people as possible so that um uh so that we as a community could consent on what it is together or or have the discussion at least well, it's it's one of those ongoing pursuits, as you say, when we began our discussion here, uh, that just begs more questions. And I love I love things like that. So tell us about the other two artists that you would like to, to mention who are going to be featured as part of the, the Benefit concert. Great. So uh, I interviewed the Sassafras sisters, I think, uh, the, back in January yeah, it was at the Portland Old Time Music Gathering. It was this year. It was, it's been a long year. I couldn't yes, remember it has. this year or last year. <laughs> Dear Lord. Um, I interviewed them uh, in this um, in this little hidden away uh, hallway at the at the festival. Um, and I, I I almost cried after every time after every tune and song they played. And they're just they're such wonderful students of traditional music. Uh, and they transmit it so beautifully and they've obviously put in a lot of work to, um, to understand what is valuable about the music and how to communicate that with their tools, their instruments and their voices. And they also sing like just great old country songs as well. You know, they'll sing a Johnny Cash song and you know, you'll be like, 
I don't know. I don't really want to hear Johnny Cash sing this. Again. <laughs> I just want to hear the Hoots That's quite it. a testament. Wow. They're they're amazing, and I have so much respect for them, and I can't wait to be able to jam with them again as soon as possible because uh, they're some of my favorite musicians. Um, Bruce Molsky, he's it's one of the biggest names in old time music. Uh, he plays a lot of different traditional American styles, uh, but um, uh, what people I think typically know most for is playing Appalachian fiddle music and and banjo music and singing ballads. And he does it all. He's been doing it forever, and he he's one of the best. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm. Excited, excited to be in some way involved in, in to be on the same bill in some way. Well, I think you've successfully gotten everybody very excited about the lineup and about the music, and I, I, I really so. appreciate you uh, taking the time to really kind of unpack a lot of that for us. Your enthusiasm for it is infectious. Um, the name of your podcast is Get Up in the Cool. Uh, people can find that where you find podcasts, yeah? Yeah, all the places, the podcast places. All the <laughs> and 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 if you don't do, I have so many lovely listeners who I'm the only podcast that they listen to. Uh, they fall among certain age demographics, <laughs> and um, those people often like to forego using an app, and they'll just go straight to getupinthecool.com, and you can learn more about the show there as well, or cameradoit.com. I will have that for people in the show notes uh, for at, at indivisiblepodcast.org. Uh, the concert's going to be happening on Sunday, December 6th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. Where can people go online to listen in? The Quarantine Music Happy Hour Facebook group is has, has, has emerged victorious as the best uh, curation of roots-based, old-time, old-time adjacent, uh, traditional musics, uh, you know, online streaming services since the pandemic. Um, they And it's every day at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. And uh, some, they have everyone on, like from just like hobby players who are fantastic to, you know, people like Sam Amidon or Jake Blunt or Bruce Molsky. And uh, it's just such a lovely a lovely online venue that has been keeping everyone feeling a little less lonely and everyone chats the entire time during the concerts. It's such a great place to listen to music every day. Uh, all you have to do is join the quarantine happy hour group on Facebook and then there will be a live, uh, you'll get a notification or if you, you know, refresh in the site, you'll see a live post of the video of the stream. So thank you for that. Lisa, any final words before we go? I just want to thank you. Thank you, Stefan, for giving a shout out to um, Indivisiblers uh, in Washington across the nation about this concert. I just, we're looking forward. It's going to be a great uh, evening of music and a really, really good cause. So come on and join us. We've got Georgia on our minds. Got Georgia on our minds. I love it. Lisa, you are wonderful. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate you putting it together. Cameron, thank you for taking the time uh, and being the very first musical guest on the show. What a treat uh, to talk with both of you. Uh, And I will have all the information that has been discussed here at indivisiblepodcast.org. Everybody, thank you so much, and be sure and check out the concert. 
Once again, the concert is happening Sunday, December 6th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, and you can catch it by going to Facebook and joining the Quarantine Happy Hour Music Group. And that is it for today. Our website is indivisiblepodcast.org, and our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative, Inc., and is part of the Demcast family of podcasts. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. Special thanks to Lori Caldwell, and as always, my thanks to you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. <music>